Anybody here, if you're glad to be here, shout amen. No, come on, that was not a shout. If you're, if you're glad to be here, shout amen this morning. Come on, come on. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. We're going to release our children to Sunday school classrooms this morning, and uh, we're going to get right into the word today. Uh, I want to kind of share a couple quick things with you. We, we actually, this Saturday, somebody say this Saturday. This Saturday, we are going to have a media training, and uh, this is for anybody that's interested in, in saying, I want to be a part of the online campus, I want to I serve on the media team. You see all the visuals that hit our screens, or maybe you see what goes on behind the scenes, and, and you say, you know what, I want to be a part of that. We're we going to have a training that's going to cover all of those areas, lighting, audio, visuals, online campus. We're going to cover all of those bases in an introductory training starting, it's going to happen this Saturday at 9 a.m., uh, love for you. If you're interested in be a, being a part in that way, uh, we'd love to have you here uh, so we can kind of get into that and, and, and get, you, get, you, get you doing something for God right here in the local church. That's what we want, and that's what God wants, and that's what ultimately that's what you want. Amen. So I so just want to throw that out to you this morning. Also, if you're giving a tithe, bringing an offering, you've brought that to the house of the Lord this morning. There's many ways that you can give under the chairs our envelopes. Uh, you can place that gift, that, that offering, you can place that right in, in, into that envelope. And on your way out, there's two uh, uh, lit up giving boxes right at the exits. Just go ahead and drop your, your, your gift in there and we'd appreciate that. Also, if you're giving, uh, if you wanna give electronically, you can do that by texting easy123 to 77977 or you can just write, go right on our app. You can find our app in the, in, the, in, the, in, this, in the app store under Elevate Ministries. Just go ahead and, and, and follow those prompts, hit give, and you can give securely that way. There's lots of good stuff on that app and uh, encourage you to do that. Also, just wanna bring to your attention, do you know that our worship team, their original music is, is available uh, um, on iTunes, on Spotify. Uh, they just released a brand new song. It's, it's available everywhere. Three new songs available everywhere, just, just, just downloaded uh, into iTunes and Spotify. So you can, you can vibe with Elevate Ministries and you can, you can worship with us all week long with your, with your devices. And uh, we'd love for you to do that. Aren't you grateful that our worship team is, 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 is making a, a sound that's coming from our, from, our, from our heart, right here from this ministry. It's being projected out. I think that's awesome. I think you should share it with your friends. Let everybody know. And uh, if you're looking for it on, on Spotify or iTunes, just, just search EMSC. That's Elevate Music, kind of abbreviated EMSC. And uh, you can download those there and you can listen to them and vibe with them all week long. Praise the Lord. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. We've been in the middle. I, look, if you want a good message today, I'm going to need to hear you this morning, okay? You're going to you're gonna have to be loud and proud. You're going to cheer me on. And uh, listen, the more you speak, the better I'll speak. That's just the way it works. And we're, we're smack dab in the middle of a series called The Jesus Culture. And, and, and may, I don't wanna go into a, an overview of all the message. There's been, there's been a ton of great words that have been spoken during this, during this series. But if you're trying to wrap your mind around what is the culture of Jesus, I'll tell you what it is. It's exactly the opposite of the spirit of this world. If you, want to, if you want to know what the culture of Jesus is, it's the opposite of the culture of this world. It's the opposite of what the world is saying, what the world is narrating. It's opposite of all that. Because if the culture of the world is fear, and that's what they're slinging, that's what they're narrating, that's what they're putting out there every day. How many know it is? It's fear, it's fear, it's fear. Constantly trying to hold us, in, hold us captive to fear. If, if the world is slinging fear, you can rest assured that's not the culture of Jesus. The culture of Jesus is faith. Somebody say faith. It's faith, it'll be faith. If, if the culture of the world is lies and deception, how many know that's what it is? That's, it's constant, you, it's a, you have a hard time figuring out, is that true or is that kind of true? You just don't know. When the world is speaking, it's always full of lies and deception. If, if the world is slinging that, you can rest assured that's not the culture of Jesus. The culture of Jesus is going to be truth, all right? If the world is slinging lies, Jesus is the truth. It's, it's, it's his culture. And that's exactly what Jesus came to bring. He came to this earth to establish culture. Everything he did was intentional. So his stories, his interactions, the things he did, the things he did not do, they all point to a culture that God, that, that there's an expectation that God wants us to live in that. He wants us to live in a culture. It's, it's a culture that he created. Satan does not want you to hear from God. Let's just start with that today. 
Satan, the last thing Satan wants you to do is hear from God. That's why while I'm speaking today, he'll distract you with all kinds of stuff. You're gonna get notifications on your phone to try to get your mind off of what God's trying to speak to you. So I'm challenging you, come on, turn that all off, zero in, because Satan doesn't want you to hear from God and he'll do everything in his power to stop that from happening. Satan doesn't want you to hear from God because he doesn't want you to speak the word of God. He knows that if you speak the word of God, if you, if you hear from heaven and speak heaven, heaven will come to earth. And so Satan's plan is to keep you deaf and mute when it comes to the word of God. Are you hearing me today? I wanna speak along these lines this morning because, because when Jesus established a culture, it was a culture of hearsay. Say hearsay. It was a culture of hearsay. And, and we're gonna use for a text this morning, Mark chapter seven, and we're gonna read two, two stories out of the Bible and then we're just gonna kinda of jump into it, okay? So Mark chapter seven, the Bible says that, that Jesus arose he went to the region of Tyre and Sidon and he entered a house and he didn't want anybody to know he was there. But the problem was he couldn't be hidden. All right, he's a celebrity, all right? Verse 25, for, for a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit and she heard about him. Underline the word heard. Just kind of underline that right there, highlight that in your Bible. She heard about Jesus and so she came and fell at his feet. And the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first. For it is not good to take what's meant for the children and throw it to the dogs like you. That's a little mean, right? That's, that doesn't sound like a loving savior. Verse 28, and she answered and said, underline the word said, she said to him, but Lord, even the little dogs are able to eat the scraps from under the table. And then he said to her, Jesus said to her, for this saying, come on, underline the word saying, for what you've said, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she came to her house, she found the demon left and the daughter was lying in bed. And then what we see is a, a break in scripture, a brand new story, totally different paragraph. Verse 31, again, Jesus departs from, from Tyre and Sidon now, and he came to the midst of the region of the Decapolis in the Sea of Galilee. And then they brought to Jesus one who was deaf, underline that word, and had an impediment in his speech, underline speech. And they begged him to put his hands on them. And so he took him aside, and he put his fingers in his ears, he spat and touched his tongue. That's a little unclean and uh, not, not great during, a, uh, during what we're going through, for sure, that's against the law. Verse 34, and then he looked up to heaven and said, be open, and immediately this man's ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they don't tell anyone, but the more he commanded them not to speak about it, the more widely they proclaimed it, all right? Verse 37, and they were astonished behind, beyond measure saying, Jesus does all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Hear, say, hear, say. I've never really noticed the correlation between these two passages. But this year during the Bible reading plan, you know, I've, I've preached out of both of these stories. But this year during the Bible reading plan, I realized these stories are connected. They're, they're, like, they're like one and the same. Both of them have a demon and both of them reveal the, reveal the nature of the devil. I want you to understand something. Satan doesn't occupy his own space. He wants to get into your space. So he wants to do, he doesn't, he's very good at breaking and entering. You don't have to do anything wrong. Satan just wants to break in and steal. And so here we have in the story, this, this little girl, she, she's done nothing wrong. And, and there is Satan, he's trying to rob from her. He, he's trying to steal from her. And, and the Bible says that the mother, when she heard about Jesus, she came and she said, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you, Jesus, you have to intervene. Now, Jesus doesn't, doesn't respond like we expect Jesus to respond. We would expect Jesus to say, okay, cool, I'll heal her because that's what he did a lot of the time. He just, when, when people asked for a healing, Jesus often would just heal them. But, but Satan kind of, I mean, excuse me, Jesus kind of responds in a totally different way. He said, he said, I didn't come for your kind. I came for the Jews, I came from God's people and, and you're, not, you're not one of those. You're a, you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a Syrophoenician, you're not, you're not one of God's people. I, I'm not gonna take what, what God meant for these people and, 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 and kind of divvy it up to the dogs. And what, what this lady responds 
And, and it's brilliant what she says. She says, yes, but, but, but wait a second, Jesus. Even the dogs get scraps from under the table. Do you, do you grab that? And then Jesus, because he, he listened to what she said, he said, he said, because of what you've just said, he said, for this saying, I want you to go home. That demon is gone from your daughter. Look what happened. She heard about Jesus, and then she spoke. It's hearsay. The next story, we come across a guy that's both deaf and mute. Jesus puts his fingers in the guy's ears and says, be opened. And the Bible says that immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. We have, here we, we see again, hearsay. See, the devil doesn't want you to hearsay. The devil wants a generation, he wants to raise a generation that is deaf to the things of God, death to the spirit of God, because the devil knows that the moment you hear from heaven, you're gonna speak heaven into the world. Did you hear that today? Satan doesn't want heaven into the world. The last thing Satan wants is heaven into the world. So Satan knows that the level that you hear is gonna be the level that you speak. Your say is only gonna be as good as what you hear. Your speech is affected by your hearing. You know what I'm talking about. Have you, ever, have, you, have you ever listened to somebody try and sing with headphones on? Have you ever done that? Like, like somebody's got headphones on, they're oblivious to the rest of the world, and they're singing what they're listening to, and it's always horrible. Have you noticed that? Because why is that? Because they can't, they can't hear themselves. They can't hear what they're singing, and because they can't hear what they're singing, what they're, what's coming out of their mouth isn't so great. You know what I'm talking about. Someone who is deaf, they also will have a hard time with speech. It's because they have a problem with hearing, it affects the, their speech. They have a hard time with enunciation. And so what Satan wants is he wants a generation that's both deaf and mute when it comes to things of God. He doesn't want you to hear from heaven because he knows that if you hear from heaven, you'll speak heaven into existence. What you hear affects what you say. Are you, are you hearing that? So the Jesus culture is hearsay. It's hearsay. There's power in the word. How many believe there's power in the word? John 1, 1 says this. It says, it says that, that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made through him, and without him, who are we talking about? Without him, we're talking about the word. Who is Jesus? Without the word, nothing that was made could be made. It was the word that created everything. That's what the scripture just said, that everything that we see today, everything that's been created, it was created with the word of God. In the beginning, God said it, and it was so. That's, when, you, when you open up the Bible to Genesis chapter one, the first thing you're gonna see is that God said it, and it came to pass. Everything that God said happened 10 different times at the beginning of Genesis, God said it, and it was so. What's that showing us? That words have power. Story you hear me talk about a lot is Jesus. He's in the stern of the boat. He's sound asleep. Meanwhile, the disciples, experienced fishermen, they're familiar with boats. They're, they're, they're rowing as hard as they can to get to the other side. All of a sudden, a storm comes up. Waves are crashing. Wind is howling. Rain is pouring. All of a sudden, the boat is taking on more water than the disciples can bail out. So they wake Jesus up and they said, hey Jesus, if you don't start bailing, you're gonna make your bed at the bottom of this lake. Here's a bucket, help us out a little bit. And Jesus says, I've got a better idea. Peace, be still. My time is done, it's over. All of a sudden, as soon as he said that, whew, the wind ceased, the, the, the waves ceased, and the, and the Bible says the disciples said, what kind of man is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is he? Let me tell you who he is. He is the word of God. And why did the wind and the waves obey him? Because they recognized the voice of their creator. Because, because it was that voice that created them in the first place. The wind obeys the voice of God, the word of God. It has power. And here's the thing, Satan doesn't want you to know that. The last thing that Satan wants you to know is that the word of God in your mouth is just as powerful as the word of God in God's mouth. I'm gonna say that again and give you a chance to really shout amen and grab a hold of that. That the word of God in your mouth 
is just as powerful as the word of God in God's mouth. The word has power and you were created to be the voice of God into this world. And so that's why Satan, is, he's worked so hard to rip, rip the Bible out of schools. That's why Satan's worked so hard to tear scripture out of universities. And who knows what's gonna happen next is because Satan knows he cannot contend with people that have heard the word of God. He has no chance. Think about Satan. The first words ever recorded that Satan said was this. The first thing Satan ever, ever came out of the mouth of Satan was this. Has God really said? What was, what was Satan saying in that moment? Has God really said? What he was saying is this. In order for me to steal from you, in order for me to rob you, I first have to know that you haven't heard from God. Because if you've heard from God, I have, I, there's nothing I can do. And so it's interesting that he goes to Eve. He doesn't go to Adam because Adam heard directly from God. He goes to Eve because Eve didn't hear from God, she heard from her husband. And so she, immediately Satan tries to, to, to spin and say, has God really said? Because, and, and so because she didn't hear from God, Satan was able to deceive her. And that's why it is so important, it is so imperative that you hear from God for yourself. Think about Jesus, he's starting his ministry. He goes into the wilderness and the Bible says that Satan comes to tempt him three different times. And as Satan comes to tempt him, Jesus responds back to Satan each time. He says what? It is written. The word says, the word of God is this. What I love is the first time that Satan uh, is, it gets his butt kicked by Jesus, it's a brilliant, Jesus opens up a can on him right here. It's a brilliant whooping. Look what he says in Matthew 4. Jesus said, it is written, Satan, man shall not live on bread alone, but notice what he said we live on. We live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let me tell you something, the word of God has power. We can live, we can feast, we can survive on the word of God. Jesus is telling Satan in this moment, my culture, what keeps me going, how I live is, is on the word of God. I build my life on the logos. Logos is the written word of God. And then Jesus is saying, and I advance my life. I move forward in my life in what God is currently saying, the rhema word of God. I live on what God has said. I open up his word and the things that God has written. But hear me tell you something. That's not all we do because we read it, we absorb it, and then we find ourselves in a, a position where we need it. And that logos word all of a sudden becomes what God is currently saying. Yes, he said it then, but now he's saying it in my situation. It's the rhema word of God. It's how I advance my life. Are you with me today? It's how, I, it's how I live. It's the culture of Jesus. And so Satan, what he wants to do is he wants to silence the word of God. But, but here's the truth. God says in Isaiah 55, my word goes out of my mouth and it won't return to me void, but it will accomplish. Guarantee. My word will accomplish what I sent it to do. And it is gonna do the thing that I sent it to do. God creates everything with his word. That's why Satan doesn't want us preaching the word. That's why there's all this pressure to not preach the word, to not, to not speak the word. Satan, Satan would much rather us not face the pressure, not face the opposition of preaching the word. He'd much rather us just be comfortable. Satan would just love for us just, just to be deaf to heaven and comfortable on earth. So, so he's gonna, how does he do that? He's gonna try to get us deaf to the word of God and just amen, settle to amen what the world is saying. And here's the thing, here's the thing. Sometimes what the world's saying sounds good. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes what, what the world is throwing out there, this love is love and hashtag me too, this whole idea of humanism and people are victims and your safety is our number one priority, all that stuff sounds good. It's just not what God says. 
So Satan would rather us just, just kind of amen the things that kind of sound good, just echo, and just echo what the rest of the world is saying. But I'm gonna tell you something. The moment you speak the word of God in, in a culture like we're facing today that's anti-God, what will happen is as soon as you speak the scriptures, all of a sudden you're gonna get attacked. You're gonna have people bullying you and telling you to shut up and you can't do this and you can't do that. But I'm telling you right now, we love people too much not to speak what the word of God says. Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We're here today to see people set free. But Satan would much rather you just be woke. He'd much rather you just be woke to all the philosophies of this world. This whole idea of woke is nothing new. This is nothing new. Satan's been trying to make people woke for all, forever. There's this one story where Jesus is at a table, He's, he's hanging out with his disciples, enjoying some, enjoying some dinner, and all of a sudden come walking through this room, and this woman walks in the room. This woman had a past. The Bible describes her that she had seven demons. She was very broken. She was a prostitute. She was well-known in the city, and she comes walking in the room. Jesus is just sitting there in the room. She comes walking in the room, and she has her life savings. She has with her a, a, a bottle of perfume that would, would really, it would, it, it's really meant to be used for her wedding night. It's something that would have been saved up from her family and passed to her for her to use on her wedding night with her husband and say, there's no one that's loved me more than you. And the Bible says that she takes that and she walks into where Jesus is and she breaks that, that, that bottle of perfume and, and begins to anoint Jesus. I mean, just imagine this beautiful moment that this woman is having. And as she's, as she's anointing Jesus, what, what she's saying is she's saying, Jesus, there's no one that's loved me more than you. Because now this woman who once had seven demons, this, one, this woman who once was a prostitute, Jesus has driven out this. She, he's totally set her free. And, and, now, and now, now because of her love for this man that, that loved her like no one else could, she's just, she's just broken her life savings at the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says that there was a man sitting there, Judas, and Judas speaks up in this moment, this beautiful moment, Judas speaks up and says, why this waste? Couldn't, couldn't this, this, this was $50,000, couldn't this money, couldn't it have been used to, to give to the poor? The thing about it is, is there's a lot of church people that had that scenario happen in modern day, they, they'd amen that. They would have said, they would have said, amen. Think of what we could have done. Think of the impact we could have made in our generation if someone, have, if, if we were just taking that money, taking your money and, and giving it to the poor. I just wanna say this. Be careful. Be careful of the ones who have grand schemes of giving to the poor with your money. It's a Judas spirit. It's at work in our nation. Be careful of the people that know what to do with your money, who are unwilling to part with their own won't give a dime, but are wanting to take 30, 45, 60, 70% of your income and do what they want with it. Be careful with it, have some discernment. It's a Judas spirit and it's, it's a woke theology. It sounds good, but it's spoken by the spirit of this world. It's a Judas spirit that betrays the word of God. Are you hearing me? Because, because Jesus said, said in that moment, he said, hey, the poor you'll have with you always. You'll, you'll have the poor with you always. But what this woman has done this is amazing what's happening right here. This is, this is, a, this is a savior that just, just a little, just maybe a few months prior, John was wondering who's the Messiah. So he sends his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one or should we search for another? And Jesus says, go back and tell John, the blind see, the lepers are cleansed, the, ear, the deaf, their ears are opened. Go tell them that lepers are, are being healed. Tell them the dead are being raised and then tell them that the poor are having the gospel Preach to him. To the poor, Jesus gave the gospel. See, in our woke world, the poor would get some money. The poor would get some welfare. But that's not, that's not what Je Jesus knew that the most powerful thing that you can do, the most potent thing that you can do for someone that is poor is to give them the good news. Because the good news doesn't change their situation for a day. It changed their heart. It changes their mind. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the gospel says you don't need to go to man to get, to get something. The Bible says that you can go to God and then he'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. You go to the gospel that says seek first 
first the kingdom and all these other things will be added unto you. you know, the, the Bible says that God, his hand is open to satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Bible says, the gospel says that the, that the cattle belong to him, that graze on a thousand hills and not just the cattle, but the thousand hills that they're grazing on. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you can say, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack for nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. It's hope to the hopeless. When, it, when it's preached, when it's proclaimed, something shifts in the atmosphere. That's why the devil hates the gospel, because there's power in it. Are you hearing me today? There's power in it. It tears down walls. It awakens possibilities. It brings deliverance. It penetrates. It's contagious. It's the hope of the world. It's the word of God. Somebody shout amen. There's power in the word of God. Power in the word of God. And so Jesus says, he says, if anyone has ears, let them hear. In the book of Revelation, seven different churches, Jesus is speaking to seven different churches, and he opens with the same line. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. You see, the culture of heaven is this. The culture of heaven is having your ears in tune with what God is saying. This is the Jesus culture. It's not being tuned into what, what's, what's being spoken in the world and the spirit of the world. The culture of Jesus is having a different frequency on where you're hearing the voice of God. Look at Matthew 10, 27, Jesus is speaking. I just want you to stare at this scripture for a few minutes. He says, what I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight, that's hearsay. What's whispered in your ear Proclaim from the rooftops. Jesus is saying, my culture is hearsay. I'm gonna to speak to you, you're gonna hear it, and then you're gonna say it. I want you to look at that scripture again. Just put it back up there. What I tell you in the darkness, what's he saying there? You know, all of us are gonna go through some dark times. Come on, all of us are gonna go through times where, we're, where there's trouble and trials and challenges, demonic opposition, difficulties. Here's this woman, she comes to Jesus, her daughter's demonized. She's coming to Jesus. This is a dark time in her life. And she's coming to Jesus, that's a dark time. When your daughter's demonized, that's a dark season. When, when your wife is, 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 is informed that she has breast cancer, that's a dark time. That's a, that's a, that's a dark time when, when, the, when, when the devil goes after your family. When the devil goes after your finances, your kids, your health, your, that's a dark time. And Jesus says, it's in the dark time, I'm gonna speak something to you. I'm gonna put something in your ear. And, and, and so what's God saying? He's saying, you need, to, you need to tune your ears in the dark time, because I'm gonna speak to you. And I remember when Carrie was, was, was diagnosed with, 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 with breast cancer. And I mean, it's, you're having that feeling like Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. Darkness, what's a shadow bring? It brings, it brings darkness. And, and here's God, he's saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna whisper something, I'm gonna speak something to you in a dark time. I, I, I love the fact that, that God speaks in the darkness. I mean, I mean, it was a very scary and dark time for our entire family when Carrie was, was diagnosed. And Carrie spoke several messages about what God spoke to her during those times. For me, I'm so glad that I serve a God that speaks in the dark. Because for me in that time, I, I felt very clearly a word from God that everything was gonna be all right. I, hear, I, I felt God impress on my spirit, Adam, I've made you the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. And you're gonna hear me say that again and again and again. It's because that's what God spoke to me in the darkness. I felt God speak to me, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And I know that Satan's gonna try to form a weapon that there is going to be an attack, but it will not prosper. It will not succeed. Now the word, when it came to me in that dark time, you know what it did for me? It brought comfort. Like, like it, it, it eased my, my burden. It brought relief to that pain. And I thank God for the comfort. But look at that scripture again. The instruction from Jesus is whatever I tell you in the dark, it's not for your comfort. I'm not telling you in the dark for your comfort. I'm gonna help you. 
I'm gonna bring you comfort, my word does that. But what I tell you, you can't just hear it, but you have to speak it. You have to speak it, because when the word goes out of your mouth, it changes the atmosphere. I wish everybody would say amen to that. Amen. Give me a chance to get a drink. <laughs> when the word goes out of your mouth, something in the atmosphere shifts. Do you know that the angels in heaven are ready and waiting to hear instructions from the Lord? They're ready to act on the word of God. The Bible says in, one, in Psalm 103 that angels are ready to carry out his plans, listening, look at this, listening for each of his community. What that's saying is that angels are on, they're, they're ready. They are, they are standing at attention and they are ready and listening to hear the word of God. And here's the thing, they obey the word of God, it doesn't matter who it's coming from. Don't know the difference between the Holy Spirit talking and you talking. So when Manny speaks the word of God, the angels have no idea whether it's Manny or God himself. All they know is that the word of God is instructing them to move and obey what it says. I'm here today to tell you that when you speak the word of God, angels are ready to act on your behalf because all they know is they are meant to obey what God says. And so when you speak out of your mouth what God says, they act, they act, they move. All they know is they've heard the word of God and now they're ready to carry it out. So what the devil wants to do is he wants to raise a generation that's deaf to the voice of God, that's, that's deaf to the word of God. Because if you're deaf to what God says, you're mute to speak in it. it. It can't happen. And so the devil wants to raise a generation that's deaf to the things of God so they don't speak the word of God out of their mouth. Because if you hear from heaven, you can speak heaven into the world. That's why so many people are choosing hopelessness. That's why so many people are echoing and speaking hopelessness. We find ourselves speaking what everybody else is saying. I'll never be able to. We shouldn't do, I can't, I can't do. You, what you'll hear coming out of your mouth is, man, is, everything I do is just futile. It, does, it doesn't matter, it's not, it, it, my life is never going to, everything is hopeless. Why, because that's what the world is speaking. What happens is, is, is rather than catch it, we just begin to echo it. When you speak the word of God, angels are dispatched to carry it, out, carry it out. It never returns, God's word never returns void. It always accomplishes that for which it was sent. So I'm telling you today, send the word of God forth with your mouth, incline your ear to what he's saying, and then speak it out. It's hearsay, hearsay, Genesis one. The Bible says that God's creating the earth and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. I remember reading this, I'm thinking this is, this is such a pointless piece of scripture. What does that even mean? Why can't we just say, God, you created the water? We know, like you created the water. What, well, but here's the thing, God never does anything for no reason. Like everything in the Bible, there's a reason for it. So it's up to us to kind of figure out why in the world is he separating the waters? Why is he putting water up there and water down here? Both of them are, are, why would God do that? It doesn't make sense. I think God was trying to teach us something. I think he was trying to teach us that if we drink the waters from below, they're only gonna make you more thirsty. Let me try to explain what I'm talking about. The ocean, which makes up 99% of the water that's here on this earth. If you drink it, because it's loaded with salt, it'll make you more thirsty. If you continue to drink it, it'll kill you because your kidneys can't eliminate that salt quick enough. And so even though the entire earth is covered with water, just picture the, the globe right now in your mind, it's, it's covered with water. Only 1% of what you see is actually drinkable. So that means that the entire world, you and I are completely dependent on the water from above. 
There's no way we can survive without the water from above. And I think what God's trying to tell us at the opening of Genesis is that if you're drinking from the waters below, it's never gonna satisfy. If you're drinking from, if you're drinking from college, if you're drinking from politics, if you're drinking from the university, humanism, what everyone else is saying, the news, listen, if you're drinking from that, you're always gonna be thirsty. You're, all, you're never gonna be able to quench that thirst. And here's the thing, if you drink too much of it, you're gonna die. But if you allow heaven's waters to come, if you allow kingdom to come, guess what that will do? It will refresh your soul. It will quench your thirst. And that's why here at Elevate Ministries, every single week, we're unashamed to continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and we're not afraid to do it because we know it's the only thing that can satisfy the longing in your soul. We didn't, we didn't start this church to be popular. I don't wanna be a popular preacher. I have no interest in that. What I, want to, what I want to be known as is someone that introduces the culture of Jesus to other people's lives because it brings freedom. It awakens your soul. Hear, say. Come on, hear, say. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 7. Are you guys still with me? Come on, I, I need you to be with me right now. This is, I'm going to try and tie this all up with a really weird story. 2 Kings chapter 7, 6 and 7. I'm going to paraphrase most of it, but I want you just to, just to maybe take the scripture down because everybody's looking at it. Just take it off. Yeah, that's good. It's a great story. It's four lepers. Stories about four lepers. And the Bible says that they're seated at the gate of the city. And the reason these four lepers are seated at the gate of the city is because they're not allowed in the city. They're socially distancing. They're being isolated because they have a, they have a disease that, that is very contagious. Are you, are, you, are you with me so far? And so while they're seated at the gate of the city, these four lepers, there's also something else going on. It's simultaneous. While they're seated, while they're seated at the gate, Elisha, the prophet from God, the one who speaks God's word, Elisha is in the palace. He's having a conversation with the king. The king is vexed. The situation in the city is horrendous. He's tormented. He's, he is freaking out. And the reason he's freaking out is because surrounding the gate of the city is this massive army. So Israel has been besieged. City's been besieged. And because of that, no one's getting in and no one's getting out. And because no one can go in and out, there's no food coming in. And so what's happening is, is, is basically this enemy is starving out the people of God. There's a massive famine it's so bad that there's no food left. Listen to this. Parents are, are eating their children. This is, I mean, you read this for yourself, 2 Kings chapter 6. I mean, it's a dire situation. It's, 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 it's rough. They're, so, they're starving. Not only, listen, they're spending, a, the people that are in the city, they're spending a fortune on two things. They're spending a fortune on, in 2 Kings 6, 25, you can see it, that a donkey's head, go ahead and put that scripture up, that a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and one-fourth of a cab of dove droppings for five shekels of silver. Now, I, want you, I just want you to, I mean, there's nothing in the Bible that's not, it's not a coincidence this stuff's in the Bible. There's such a famine, there's nothing to eat, that they're literally, most of us don't know what this works out to, but they're literally spending $250 for a donkey head. And they're spending $12.50 for a pint of dove droppings. Do you know what that is? They're spending a fortune on donkey's heads and dove droppings. Here's the thing I want you to see that people that are in a spiritual famine will feed on things that the Holy Spirit rejects. One thing you need to know about donkeys is the people of God, they're instructed to never touch a donkey and eat it, and if they did, they would be unclean. So the thought of a, of, of a child of God actually eating a donkey's head is, is, is awful, and not, not only that, but just the thought of a donkey's head, it, put, it kind, of, kind of puts a picture in your brain. You know what I'm talking about. Because, because, because donkeys are stubborn, right? They're, they're, they're argumentative, they're uncooperative. And that's why when someone is argumentative, uncooperative, we call them a donkey. 
right? Think about a dove for a second. What's a dove? The Bible says when Jesus was baptized, a dove rested on him. It was the Holy Spirit that rested on him like a dove. Jesus, God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, now the people of God, they are now eating what the Holy Spirit rejects, dove dung. You see, when a, when a soul is hungry, when a person is starving, they'll feed on things that, the Bible says they'll feed on things that are bitter and it will actually be sweet. Because everything is sweet to a hungry soul. And so people that have starved out the word of God are really hungry for anything. They'll hear anything, believe anything, accept anything. They'll be woke to anything. You'll find so many people that, that feed on the things that the Holy Spirit has rejected. And here's the, here's the crazy part, they'll pay for it. So meanwhile, Elisha, he's in the palace with the king. And he, and he says this, look at this. In chapter seven, Elisha says, second Kings, there it is. Elisha says, hear the word of the Lord. So Elisha speaks into this barren, this famine. He says, he says tomorrow about this time, you're gonna get nine quarts of flour for 30 cents. You're gonna get 18 quarts of barley for 30 cents. Look at verse two. And so, and so then there's the king, picture this. There's an officer there that the king leaned on. What's the Proverbs 3, 5, it says, lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him, he'll direct your path. But the, the king is leaning on this guy. And, and, and this guy says, look at it. The officer, he said this, the king's leaning on to him for support. He said, he said man, even if God would open up the windows of heaven, there's no way this can happen. And Elisha says, in fact, you went too fast for me. He said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you won't experience it for yourself. You, you will see it, but your unbelief is gonna make it impossible for you. I want you to just, just think about what's just happened. Elisha has just spoke the word of God into a very horrible situation. I mean, a, he's speaking the word into death. Meanwhile, simultaneous, four lepers. They're on the outskirts of the city. We're gonna get some hearsay right here. The word that Elisha spoke shifted something in the atmosphere. And simultaneously to him saying it, all of a sudden, the devil's famine gets upset. All of a sudden, the devil's plans get upset. And so these four lepers in verse three, they're at the entrance of the gate. And, and as soon as Elisha releases that word, they say, you know, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, there's famine there and we're gonna die. But if we sit here, we're gonna die as well. So these four guys, Manny, Mark, Dan and Jerry, these four guys, something has shifted inside of them. Now while everything around them is death, everything around them is horrible, all of a sudden they start walking with a word. Why not? That's what they're saying. They're saying, why not? Let me tell you what, how we started that church with the same thing. It was the same question that started this church. Why not take the gospel, the good news, into an area of people that are devastated, that are, that are in famine, that don't know the word of God, that are dying, that are hopeless? Listen, we didn't start this church to echo what the world says, to do what everyone, we didn't start this church to, to agree with the hopelessness and understanding of the world. We're, we, we're, we lean not on our own understanding. We understand that this community has been besieged. We're living right now in, in a world that's locked up, that's isolated. People are starving for a word from God. There's a war happening within. There's more panic, there's more fear, there's more hopelessness. And so they were sitting there and we're, why not open the church during a global wide pandemic? Why not? I mean, come on. 
What's the, what's the worst that can, why not choose faith over fear? Why not when the rest of the world is watching the church decline, while the, while the rest of the world is posting statistics about the decline of the church of God, why can't we see revival in the midst of that? And so we were like those four lepers. We just, we just why not? Why, why can't we prosper while everyone else is experiencing? Oh, houses are too expensive. No, well, not here, obviously. Not here, not here to elevate because Bryn bought a house last week. Christine bought a house last week. Johnny Jen moved into a house yesterday. James Alvedra's got his keys on Friday. While the rest of the world's saying, oh, it's too expensive. No way we'll ever be able to do it. We've got the people of God that have heard a word from God and saying, why not me? Why not? And so the Bible says in verse 8 that these lepers that came, they left and they went to the outskirts of the camp. And then they went, went into a tent, ate and drank, and they, and they got silver and gold. God, they, guys, they showed up and the whole army was gone. Little did they know that, that God had confused this whole army. But just the sound of these four lepers walking out of the camp, to them it sounded like horses. And they got so spooked that they ran for their lives and left everything behind. So these four lepers walk in, and they're like, hey, this is cool. They walk into a tent, refrigerator. Jeez. Right? Ice cream. You know what I'm doing? So here's these guys, you just picture it. These four lepers, they just, they just settle down. They're in the tent. They're eating. They're having the time of their life. They're high-fiving one another. Woo! They're going from tent to tent, seeing who's got Doritos. This is amazing. They're just having a great time. Look what the Bible says. Verse 9, then they said to one another, man, this is a day of good news. What's the good news? It's the word of God. They said, this is, this is a day of good news, and we're silent. Let us go and tell the king's household. And in that day, just like the word that was spoken, just like Elisha said, that day, overnight, the entire economy of all of Israel was switched overnight because the word of God was spoken through Elijah and all of a sudden something shifted in the atmosphere. He heard it, he spoke it, and all of a sudden everything changed. And here's the thing, you may be walking through a famine right now. You, you may be walking through a dark time things you don't understand, you don't, you don't, you don't realize why, and, and maybe if you look at your situation, it looks hopeless. Maybe, maybe for you, it feels like it's, it's over. Can I, can I encourage you? This? There is nothing like the Word of God, because the Holy Spirit will whisper. He'll whisper a word into your ear, and what God wants you to do is to shoot it out of your mouth. These men were sitting there enjoying the comforts and the good news that they'd experienced. They're eating Doritos and cheese, and they're filling themselves, and they recognize, why are we sitting here in silence when we've got such a good story to tell? Let, let me tell you something. What you hear from God, you got to proclaim out of your mouth. you got to preach it from the rooftops. Speak it out of your mouth. If you hear, you hear, I'm going to say. Come on, Helen, come up here. If you hear, I want you to say. If you hear, I want you to say. You know, this week, yesterday, I was, I was at my house. I've got this crazy women's Bible study happening at my house now. I come home on Saturdays with like 37 women just laughing and everything, and I'm just trying to be invisible. I was outside in my front, and Helen comes out the front door, smile on her face, just like that. How many love Helen? Yeah. You know, she's been going through a hard time recently because in February, her dad uh, got sick with COVID and very sick, hospital sick. Goes, goes, he's been in the hospital all the way till now, and things get getting progressive, progressively worse. He, they had to intubate him, to put him on a, a ventilator. Um, and, and I mean, it's just worse. Just, I mean, no news was good. Every day, bad news. Every day got worse. Every day got worse and worse. And she's telling me the story, and I'm just I'm listening to her. And, and, uh, and she said, but you know what? Uh, they, they told us that, that the next steps is that we're going to have to put a feeding tube in him. And, um, and, and, and he's in a coma, right? He's in a coma, and they said, we're gonna have to put a feeding tube in him. We're gonna, we're gonna have to move him to a, to a kind of a nursing facility if we can find one. And um, Helen's sister says, look, we don't, want, we, don't want, we don't want dad to go to a nursing facility because that never really ends well. 
Like, like, like they don't usually come out of those, those, those situations. And uh, so this is devastating news. Most of you wouldn't even notice it because every, every week Helen's been in the house of God. She'd be every single Sunday. Today she was scheduled to serve in the, in the children's team and she was, she was on, I called her this morning. She was already on her way to church. She's sort of in the middle of her crisis. She's, she's still serving, most of you never even know, serving right there in the back, welcoming people, first time guests. But, but after she heard from the doctors, she left that day, she got in her car and she's driving away something happened. Something happened inside of her. I want her to explain it, okay? So Satan really tried to attack my heart and my mind. I shared this with my group of girls from here from church. I kept getting these thoughts of getting that phone call saying, give me bad news pretty much. And I knew that wasn't from God. I said, this is not of you, God. So Friday morning, I'm driving to work, already expecting them to come in and ask my mom for consent to put the feeding tube in his stomach to transfer him to a facility. I had my worship music on. I had already prayed and I had already spoken to him in the morning at home before, but I felt like I needed to do more. So I was crying and I said, I have to get aggressive with you right now, God. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at mass people are probably like, what's wrong with this lady? My music is really loud. And then I said, God, I'm not gonna say please, I need you to wake him up today. I need you to wake him up today, Lord. And I get the call at 11.30 from my sister who's here with me today. He woke up. He woke up. He was moving his head. He was crying. He was trying to speak. And that completely, like I'm in the middle of home goods during my lunch and I was a mess and I didn't care. People were looking at me and saying, what's wrong with this lady? She's crying, she's a mess. This thing that came over my heart, I knew it was him who answered my prayers that morning, who gave me that sign that he is with us guys. Do not lose hope or faith because he is real, he is here. And thank you everybody who has been in prayer with us here, everywhere else, around in Mexico, we have family who's praying for him. He answers prayers. Stay faithful, have faith. Do not give up. He's with you. Here, come on. Listen, listen to this. The doctor said, this is the spirit of the enemy. This is the spirit of the enemy. If he doesn't wake up, it's hopeless. That's what was said. If he doesn't wake up, if he doesn't wake up today, this is how Satan works. He tries to plant hopelessness. And all of a sudden we, we just think, well, well, he hasn't woken up in a month. What makes us think he's gonna wake up today? And all of a sudden, he Helen, come on, filled with the word of God because she knows God can heal. She believes God can heal. And she all of a sudden she said, you know what? I've heard it long enough. It's time for me to speak it out of my mouth. And she said, she said, wake him up. That's what she said. She's in her car. Come on, somebody. If you have a situation right now where everything seems lost, everything seems hopeless, I'm going to tell you something. Come on, you need to stand up in your situation and say, wake up. I command you in the name of Jesus, you will rise. I told you the culture of Jesus is life and not death. It's blessing and not cursing. It's healing and not disease. Come on. God wants to touch you. He, it's, it's, it's lack and not despair. It's prosperity. He wants, to, he wants to touch your situation right now. Come on. If you're in this room and you say, you know what? It looks dark. It looks hopeless. Let me tell you something. God speaks in the dark. Does he speak in the dark, Helen? Come on, does God speak in the dark? God speaks in the dark. And what God speaks in the dark, you speak it out of your mouth. Hear, say, those four lepers, something happened, something shifted as soon as Elisha spoke the word of God. They said, why not? Why not me? Why, why not us? Why can't we buy a house here in Orange County? Why, why, can't, why, why can't I get a better job? Lord, why can't you heal my dad? Lord, why can't, why, why can't you speak in my situation? Lord, why can't you deliver my wife from breast cancer? Come on. Why not us? Why not us? Why not revival right here in the middle of desolate times? Come on. Why not light in darkness? Come on. Let's give the Lord some praise. Wake up. Wake up. Lord, wake him up. Wake him up. Wake him up. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on. God, right now. Come on. Speak the word of God. Come on. Speak the word of God over your situation. My child will come back. The Bible says, Acts 16, all my household will follow you. Lord, I pray for sons and daughters 
it looks hopeless. You don't know how it could happen, what could possibly take place. I want to challenge you, come down to the front, right here in the front. We got prayer teams, we're going to pray with people this morning. Come on, right now, you have a situation that you need God to intervene. Just like Helen, you got a situation, you need God to intervene. I want you to come down here, we're going to pray. Come on, we're going to believe God. We're going to hear what God said, and we're going to say it. We're going to proclaim that God's going to speak in the dark. Come on, I know there's more of you. You're just, you're just you're not used to coming to the altar. I want you to come down here, we're going to pray. We're going to pray, and we're going to believe God. Hear, say. We're going to hear and say, come on, Helen, wake them up. Wake them up, Lord. Jesus' name, God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you've done, Lord. We speak the word in Jesus' name. Come on. You have a situation right now where you need God. You have a, you have a child, a husband, a father, a friend that is away from the away from God. Come on, let's pray. Let's believe God. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come up here. Let's pray. Let's believe God. Hear the word of God. You say, there's no way, man. I have no opportunity. There's no way. My finances are bleak. I'm going to tell you something. God wants to provide. He wants to provide for you. Come on. Come out of that chair. Say, Lord, I'm going to speak it right now. Here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's pray. Let's get a hold of God. Come on. Right now. Come on. says God's not done I believe that God's not done with my life I know he's got plenty more for your life and there's no telling what God would do with our church come on God listen we got to speak the Word of God got to speak the Word of God turn off the news turn off the news just 
turn it off. Don't turn off what everyone else is saying. Turn on, listen, listen, if, you're, if you have, a, if you have a, a child that's drug addicted, don't listen to all the statistics. They try to put hopelessness in you that it's impossible. We, we, don't, we don't echo the hopelessness of the word. We, 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 we speak the word of God and, and we know that the truth sets people free. It's the word of God that sets people free. So we're not gonna declare and echo what everything the, the world says. We're not, we're not gonna echo the hopelessness of the world. We're gonna say, wake him up. Come on, wake him up. Wake him up, Lord, wake him up. Every situation, God can wake it up. He can bring the dead to life. Do you believe that in this place? Do you believe, I think we should play that song we sang first. I think we should, I, I, did you guys like that first song we, we sang today? Do you guys remember it? It's brand new. I don't even know the name of it, but I like it. I thank God. Come on, how many want to thank God today? How many feel like thanking the Lord right now? Come on, if you're in the way in the back, come on, let's squeeze in a little bit. Let's thank the Lord together. Come on, get out of those chairs, kind of move into the aisle ways. Let's get together. Let's sing one last rejoicing song. Come on.
saw you. Girl, I don't know, I can come up here after that. That was, I am so happy for your family, man. That is awesome. That just makes my whole week. How many of you guys love to celebrate when God answers some prayers, right? Gives you hope that God is going to do that same thing for you. Wasn't that an amazing message? There is power in the word. Hear, say, and kingdom of come. We, we believe the Jesus culture, right? We're going to hear and speak God's word. And I want to encourage you guys this week. Put that into practice. I know I am. I got some things to do, some challenges next week. And I know I'm going to be looking through the word of God. And I'm going to proclaim it over my situation. And I encourage you guys to do the same thing. Um, and I just want to give you a couple reminders. Don't forget, if you guys are interested in serving in our awesome media team, our media team is the best, right? I mean, they're just so great. And the thing is, you think we like hired a bunch of people and just had these professionals come do this. Most of them figured it out on their own and they're trained on their own and they're just so smart. And they come up with all this stuff that I have no idea what to do. And if you want to be a part of that creative team, we have a training next Saturday at 9 a.m. right here in the sanctuary. So I want to encourage you, if that's something you're interested, show up 9 a.m. I am absolutely sure you're not going to regret it. Um, it's lighting, audio, and the online campus visuals. We want to see you guys get involved. And I can't wait to go back there and find some new faces. And I want to encourage you guys as well. Wednesday, we have our midweek service at 7 a.m. I hope you have a great, I hope you guys have a great week.